Backboard Banter on the board with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner. We're the banter's as ferocious as Leaf fans after game seven. Dude, I had no faith like many people, but I had that little faith for you, my dude. What a reverse sweep. I can't believe you pulled it out. Dude, I had absolutely no faith as um, my previous episode rants have definitely explained. <laughs> I mean, I thought we were going to get sweet, swept. And then even when it was 1-3, I thought, you know, that's it. Put the nail in the coffin. Let's go golfing. I'm sure the boys were checking out Expedia to find the best travel discounts. But uh, <laughs> somehow, man, they pulled it out. Toronto, with another epic collapse, uh, I definitely felt bad for their fan base after Game 7. But, jeez, man. Felt good winning. Man. <laughs> I'll, make, I'll make the classic, you know, better combination Leafs and 3-1 leads, but... It's rough. You're right. It's rough for fans, Matt. They had so much confidence. You know, Tavares going out at the beginning was a big blow. But after those first couple games, after you stole the first one, they had all the confidence. What an epic collapse. And man, it's a damn shame. Yeah, man. I mean, we'll talk about it a little bit more when uh, when I get into the series and, and wrap up the first round. But, you know, I think uh, my curse powers are still alive. I reverse cursed it and kept my Montreal Canadiens alive. Thank God. <laughs> you you definitely have all the powers of the curse right now, Matt, because I finally got a take. I mean, I was relying on Giannis, my boy, to slap down the heat, which, again, another topic we'll get to later. But, uh, Matt, I believe that, technically speaking, we were both right, or at least got the right outcomes of our takes last week. Yeah, definitely got what we wanted, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. All right, man, take me into the NHL, because the second round is here. Yeah, man, first round got wrapped up this week. I mean, Carolina eliminated Nashville last Thursday after we recorded 4-3 in overtime. It was the fourth of six games to go into OT. Uh, Sebastian Ajo is the real hero of that series. He's a heck of a center and underrated elite player for me. Uh, He got five goals in six games, and, you know, that's the major difference when you can get that kind of production from one player. Good for him. Goals win you series, Matt. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, Montreal finally figured that out, too. Uh, <laughs> Vegas avoided a, a, a Toronto collapse after going up 3-1. Uh, they were able to, mm-hmm. to stomp down Mini in Game 7 to sit to a tune of 6-2. Uh, didn't really help them out to get to the second round, uh, but I'll get to that after I kind of wrap up that Montreal epic comeback, baby. 4-3 in overtime, 3-2 in overtime, and 3-1 in Game 7. Carey Price, 13-0 since 2015 when he gets uh, three-plus goals. Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield combining for the game winner in uh, game five. KK getting the game winner in game six. The kids are all right, man. I mean, four goals for Kakanyemi. He's got eight and 17 playoff games. Got four and seven so far this year. Suzuki's got three and eight. They're uh, one, two in the team in scoring. Futures now, man. Cole Caulfield looks dangerous. Uh, The Leafs, sorry, guys. There's always next year. (laughs) <laughs> there is always next year. Matt, I was turning on the ends of those games to watch Montreal, and boy, if I wasn't you know, giddy like a child every time the kids were putting one in the back of the net, Matt, you had it right. The adjustments came, the mental of the boys, they held strong, and the halves, you know, they went through, and I was so happy for you, my dude. Thanks, buddy. Man, I was surprised, too, after game five, when they jumped out to that 3 nothing lead after having such a strong start and allowed Toronto to score three goals to come back in the third period, and then absolutely getting dominated in overtime. Like, 
it was scary. Um, I really thought Toronto was going to pull it out at some points in this, this this series, and I really believed it beforehand. But they lack a killer instinct. Um, I don't know what it is. Mitch Marner um, has five career playoff goals. He also has five career over-the-glass penalties, um, which was a big, Yikes. big one in that game uh Game five or game six when he got the over the glass penalty, which allowed Montreal to go five on three and score their second goal of the game. Yeah, gotta feel bad for the wow. kids, but if I'm Toronto, I'm sticking with them, man. I mean, you got a the Rocket Richard winner who scored forty one goals in like fifty three games, and then you've got a guy who's got sixty five plus points in fifty six, like top five NHL scorer. Ride him. They have they have the talent, Matt. I still remember when Austin Matthews came into the league, and my dad, who to anyone who doesn't know, gives zero cares about hockey at all, was like, "Yo, Kevin, who's this kid that's playing for for this team? He's so good at hockey." I was like, "Wait, my dad cares about hockey. What's going on here?" But like, this Toronto team is good. They have the talent, and if they can get past their cursed ways, their woes, like they should be contenders on paper. Hey, man, it happened to Edmonton and Drysital. Um, you you don't normally win in this league right away. Like Crosby and and Malkin, uh, Taves and Kane, they're kind of special cases here. But like if you go down the list of NHL superstars in the past, they all had to had to learn to win in the playoffs before um, they became those legendary playoff performers. Like Steve Eiserman didn't didn't win a playoff round until I think his like fifth or sixth season. So definitely still time for the boys. Give them some time. Let them come back. Hopefully they won't have to come into the legend of Carey Price next year. Who knows? Hey, man, the guy is completely different in the playoffs than he is in the regular season. And, you know, for all the Leaf fans being like, oh, the Leafs would have swept them in four games if it weren't for Carey Price. Duh. Your point? <laughs> that's why That's that's why you have Carey Price on your team, man. Yeah, man. I mean, you guys have three of the top, uh, you know, 18 paid players in the NHL. But there's only one who's left, and that man is Carey Price. First double-digit salary cap hit to make it out of the first round. There's a reason. Goaltending. Absolutely unreal, Matt. Well, is that enough for the first round? Can we move to future hockey? Yeah, man, definitely. I mean, the second round uh, already got underway. It got underway uh, when Montreal was still trying to stave off elimination on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Boston and New York kicked it off with a 5-2 win for Boston. But, you know, those pesky Islanders not going to go away. They won 4-3 in overtime on Monday night. Um, I really want to see the Islanders come out of that series. But, hey, Boston's a strong team, and it's kind of up in the air at this point. It'll be interesting. You know I'm rooting for the Islanders, Matt. I mean, you know, when I'm looking at this bracket, you know I'm a Lightning fan. You know I'm an Islanders fan. So I would love that matchup, you know, in the next round. Yeah, especially because uh, the winner of those two series go on to play each other, and the winner of the... Vegas, Colorado goes on to pl- play uh, the winner of the Canadian division. So definitely a possibility for you, um, especially with Tampa, man. Andre Vasilevsky, giving them that 2-0 series lead. He stopped 68 of 70 shots he's faced in the series. Poor Nedeljkovic. I mean, he had a great first round series. He's a rookie goaltender, but he's allowed four goals on 45 shots. It looks like he's going to get pulled for game three and they're going to go with their backup. Um I mean, when you outshoot a team 32 to 15 and you lose 2-1, doesn't get much rougher than that. That's that's a painful stat line to have to swallow, you know. But, I mean, the Lightning, they're the defending champions. I must say it every week, Matt. They're coming out fighting, and 2-0 lead feels pretty good right now. Yeah, man, that kid Andre Vasilevsky, 
the Russian Carey Price, man. That's what he yeah. looks like. <laughs> Going to be tough to beat. For sure. Okay, well, what about the Habs, Matt? Are they going through? Do you believe in them against this Jets team being up 1-0? Dude, I still got one other team to talk about. I'm going to talk about uh, sorry, sorry. Vegas and Colorado just before I get there. Um, they've already had two games as well. Vegas made the decision to move off of Andre Marc-Andre Fleury after his kind of late-round struggle in the first round. Um, they went with Robin Lehner in the first game and got pumped. Yeah, seven goals on 37 shots. Um, it was kind of the opposite of the Montreal game where, uh, you know, Colorado was rested and ready and Vegas was coming off of a seven game series and just didn't look like they had anything left in the tank. Um, complete reversal of what last night was. Fleury was good in game two, though. Um, unfortunately, they still fall. Uh, <clears throat> Martin Grubauer, man, the other Vesna finalist with him, stopping 39 of 41 shots to preserve that OT win. And playoff, Brandon Saad is back, man. Five goals in six games. Guys got the that team chugging along. The Avalanche looked really scary. I mean, all I've heard through this whole playoffs is that they have just been scoring goals. And, I mean, Vegas has a tough hill to climb being down 2-0. Yeah, man. It's going to be uh, uphill sledding. I mean, I predicted Colorado to come out of it anyways. Um, and I would love to see uh, Quebec slash Colorado versus Montreal series. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty fun. Okay, so I'm sorry. I pulled you too early, Matt. Now it's your time. Let's talk about the boys. 1-0 series lead must feel good. Man, uh, yeah, it felt pretty good watching the beginning <laughs> of that game. They jump out to a 3-1 lead. Montreal was all over them in the first period. Carey Price was pretty good. Didn't have to be spectacular, but... Man, was that game ruined at the end with 53 seconds left in the game. I had a lot of respect for Mark Shifley before this. I really liked him as a player. I really thought the hit was just unnecessary, malicious, violent. Like He didn't even try to make a play on the puck. He hit the guy with full speed, knowing that he was going to hurt him. The puck was already in the net. You could say it's a one-goal game, but man... That was just so brutal to see, especially on a kid like Evans, who seventh round pick worked his way into the NHL. He's had concussion issues in the past. He just turned 25 yesterday and got his yeah, first his Stanley day. Cup playoff goal. I know, man. Just brutal. It was painful to watch, Matt, for my opinion. Just the way that he kind of just like stops after taking the hit. Like another another bad hit in hockey, man. I'm sad to see it, I'll be honest. Yeah, man, absolutely. So sad to see. Ugh, it's just kind of it's kind of gut wrenching to watch. Um, Mark Scheifele gets back in the series. He's definitely gonna have to answer to some Canadians. I hope the league suspends him for like five games because they have a might be good a, for a, him. A phone hearing, yeah, man, which means it's only a maximum of five games. But it better be five games because that was that was brutal. Yeah, I, I was saying. Might be it might be good for him to get spent and not to come back to have to deal with the wrath of Montreal. Yeah, man. I, I hope Jake Evans is okay. And Shifley, straighten yourself out, bud. I mean, that's happened to you before in the NHL. There's been you were playing Colorado and you got absolutely rocked. Like you know what it's like when you're skating with your head down. At least yours was in open ice and you had the puck. Like you maliciously hurt that guy. Just a jerk move. Oh, I'm done with it, man. At least my Habs are up one nothing. And <laughs> Got sights on the third round, baby. It's beautiful. Hopefully, Matt, 
you know, the players, you know, everywhere else will be watching and hopefully there'll be a little bit more restraint put in and hopefully we won't have to see as much of this. But uh, yeah, go Montreal. Hopefully we can be talking about more positive things for next week. But my dude, playoff basketball, we got a lot going on here. Oh, buddy, do we? So many series ended last night. Second round matchups are already set. I'm getting excited about the playoffs in the NBA. Man, you're getting excited even though you're an old man and you have to go to sleep. <laughs> for half of these games sometimes thankfully me over here kind of on the west coast gets to stay up to watch some of these absolutely unreal games that we've been getting to watch matt we're going to change up the routine a little bit as the playoffs go on covid's nothing to note because nothing has affected the games thankfully hopefully it'll stay that way yeah exactly so matt let's just roll straight into these series let's talk about some of these western conference ones that are going on i'm going to start matt with This Nuggets-Blazers series, because it's been a battle of stars. Jokic has been fantastic. Dame Dollar has been doing some absolutely unreal, historic things. And yet, it's been bench players kind of coming in and saving these teams left and right. But it's been awesome, and I'm so glad that this might go all the way. Man, it, I think, has been the best series of the first round Um in in both conferences you're right it's been back and forth it's been a battle of the the superstars with Nikola Jokic just going back and forth with Lillard but when Lillard had that off game man in uh game four four Norm Powell baby you predicted that he was going to step up for the Blazers you said to them you know hold on Norm's coming he's gonna be there dropped 29 in that game and definitely kept that series tied Matt if you're a Blazers fan and you're told that Dame is going to put in one field goal, have 10 points, and you're going to win the game? Like, what? Are you kidding me? Like, playoff Powell, I'm so ha- glad he showed up. He was getting slandered by fans left and right, and he was a monster that game. But, Matt, it was game five. It was Dame's return. He took them to double OT. I, this was the night that the, the Suns were stomping the Lakers around, and I unfortunately could not get a good stream so I was like trying to watch in and watch this laggy game so I didn't get to watch the first overtime buzzer that Dame hit but the second one that he hit oh man like I'm sad that they lost game five because Damian Lillard is a legend we talked a few weeks ago Matt or maybe even a few months ago now about you know end of the line who do you want with the ball in his hand and it was obviously the Steph Curry Dame battle and as much as Steph Curry is a legend, Dame is showing why you and I, I think, have so much faith in him. So much faith, man. He even got fouled on that second one, too, and it should have been a trip to the yep. line, and he should have been able to end it right there. But 55 points on a playoff record, 12 made threes, 17 of 24 from the field, adding 10 assists. Like You can't ask for more out of a superstar player. Um, I feel really bad for the ultimate team guy, the ultimate loyal guy who's not going to leave that market because, man, is he doing some historic things. And if he could get to a team with a, just another number two, I mean, McCollum going out of bounds in that game, like Thank just you. brutal. Ugh, I feel bad for him, man, because he is a monster. And I think personally, yeah, 100%, he's taking the last shot of the game for me. Matt it's funny you bring that up because I know that there's been like conversations about just like the way that he looked 
after that 55-point game, like in his post-game interview, uh, people are saying it's a lot of how LeBron looked before, you know, he made the decision to go to Miami. But that's too much. I want to talk about the the role players, Matt, because Austin Rivers in Game 3 was the savior of the Nuggets. The guy put in 16 points in the fourth quarter. Like, the Nuggets would have been down in this series before playoff Powell, before Dame's double game. Like, you think the Knicks wouldn't love to have had a little Austin Rivers right now, considering where they are, right? Like, that was... And then you go on the other side, MPJ, you know, hitting absolute shots in Dame's 55-point performance. You know, he was 26 points, 12 rebounds, 10 of 13, 3 of 5 in that game. And Monty Morris had 28 points. Like, who's expecting Monty Morris to put up that much? Like... It's just been fantastic to watch getting to tune into this series because I think you're right, you know, that earlier comment, this has been the best series so far. And I mean, unless Dallas Clippers goes all the way or LeBron does LeBron things, this will probably be the best round that we, the best series that we got in the first round. Yeah, man, I'm thinking that the Portland uh, Trailblazers are probably going to win tonight and push it to seven. I wouldn't count Dame out, especially after that historic performance. I know he can go back to back games like that. So it'll be definitely exciting to watch. That is for sure. All right, anything else, Matt, on that one, or should we move into the next series? No, man, I think a battle of two MVP candidates from last year and this year is pretty good, and we could definitely move on to – you want to talk Lakers-Suns? I I do want to talk Lakers-Suns because, Matt, were you expecting to come on today and be potentially discussing that tonight LeBron is going to play a game that might – take him out of the first round for the first time in his career after being 14-0? Like, I was not expecting that. Um, Absolutely not, man. Last week after Thursday, I was pretty set on the fact that the Lakers were probably going to win this series. I mean, they had just come back uh, on the Tuesday for a big win. Um, then they they sealed it again on Thursday with a big win. But, man, he, lo- he loses Anthony Davis to that groin strain. And that's the series, man. The Lakers looked really poor in the last game. They looked shell-shocked like they had no answer for Phoenix. Chris Paul's looking almost like he's 100% now with that right arm. Yeah, I'm I'm real nervous for LeBron and the Lakers. It's tough because you're right. AD, especially in Game 3, he was so strong and he was fighting back. And the narrative has turned because ever since AD has been gone down, it's been all about Aiton. And I mean, Aiton was destroying before AD went down, but now, I mean, he has been unstoppable inside the way that he's running the pick and roll with CP3 and uh, Dennis Schroeder putting up a donut last night in a game five that absolutely matters. Like, or not last night, two nights ago, whatever it was like, uh, Matt, it's tough. But my question is, I look at this, this team right now and. They're, they're need, they need more playmaking. They need more because LeBron came out in game five, and, I mean, he had a good stat line. I think he had, like, 20, 27, 29 points or whatever. And, you know, it's a good LeBron game, but he came out early and was trying to get his team going, and they couldn't do it. And, Matt, I want to see more Talon Horton Tucker. Like, I, I need somebody to play, you know, the point, to do more for LeBron because, you know, Le, um, Rondo's gone, right? They don't have playoff Rondo anymore, mm-hmm. and this team is struggling, and, with AD going down, it's tough, and it looks like the Suns, as the better seed, are going to come out victorious. Man, I 100% at this point feel like the Suns are going to come out of it. I mean, in that game, they have, uh, I think, four or five different players with two-plus assists, uh, where the Lakers only have two. 
LeBron James and Caldwell Pope. I mean, Caldwell Pope puts up a donut in 15 minutes. Ben McLemore puts up a donut in 16 minutes. McKinney, a donut in 11. Jared Dudley, a donut in 4. And Dennis Schroeder, man. 0 of 9, 0 of 4 from deep. Like, 4 rebounds, 1 assist when you're supposed to be the 3rd best player on this team. And they need you to be the 2nd best player now without Anthony Davis. Like, brutal. Absolutely You're saying it's like brutal. one of the worst losses, Matt, in Lakers history. Or just in LeBron history, too. Like, tough 30 showing. points, bro. 30 points. They got stomped. Devin Booker could have basically not showed up, and they would have won <laughs> still. I mean, he dropped 30 points, but jeez. Yeah, I'm glad that Booker has had his time to shine and to come out, and, you know, people can see him on, like, the, the best stage finally. But injuries, man. Injuries are robbing us of what this series could have been because... You know, with the way AD was coming out, like, I believed in the Suns. I believed in their ability to, you know, change things up and play a different game plan, even with AD playing as well as he has been because of the way that, you know, Aiton was playing against him. And, like, I mean, Drummond is empty stats. Like, Aiton is eating him alive. And I'm glad to see Gasol getting minutes, right? I'm glad to see him hitting a couple threes and, and playing smart basketball. But when you compare this Lakers team to what they had last year and the way that, you know, McGee and Howard were playing off of the way that Anthony Davis was and having Rondo to move the ball around. Like, man, it's tough. And if Schroeder wants to get money, if Schroeder wants to get a contract and want to stay with this team, man, they got to do something in this next game. They got to do something tonight or else, man, it's tough for LeBron. Absolutely, man. I mean, after having two pretty good games, Dennis Schroeder, he had two really poor games. You're right about Andre Drummond, just absolute empty stats. But Mark Gasol can't keep up with uh, the no. young DeAndre Ayton. I mean, he ate them alive in game five or game four, like 14 and 17 on six of eight from the field, like just domination. And I just re- feel really bad for the Lakers, man, because after winning that championship and everyone thinking they're going to go back to back and AD and LeBron are going to create a mini dynasty, it's looking like they're going to be. Um, out in the first round for the first time, like you said, in LeBron's career, like, wild. I mean, they're going up against the, you know, 83% teams that lose 2-2 series in the fifth game are going out, right? So it's going to be tough for them. I mean, it's LeBron, right? Like, we could be saying all this, and he could come out tonight and drop a 50-piece, which, I mean, I don't expect that from LeBron. But if he, if he has to do that... No, he's 36 years old, right? Like, 18 years. The, like, people want to make the father time joke left and right, but LeBron is still unreal. And this team without AD is really falling apart left and right around him. And it sucks to see. And I want to hope that we're still talking about LeBron next week, but I think we're going to be talking about where his vacation is happening, you know? Yeah, man. They're looking like lame ducks without, without Anthony Davis. At least we have the spicy Clippers Mavericks series, right, Matt? Dude, Clippers pulled it back over the weekend. Everyone's talking about Kawhi and PG not being the playoff failures that we all thought they would. And Luka's got nerve damage in his neck. And everyone's writing off the Mavs. You know, Chris Stapp's not looking great. The role players are coming back to earth after the first two games. But man, did he put on a show last night you want to talk about last night like obviously unreal performance matt luca has four career 40 playoff games which if you don't know is the same as Melo, duncan dame Kawhi, to name a few 
and you know he's got more than Kyrie, AD, Patrick Ewing, Giannis. Like this guy last night. I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure there were 29 points in this 105 to 100 point game that didn't come from Luca. A couple of field goals. I think there were six field goals, Matt, that weren't either Luca putting it in the back of the net or leading the assist to it. And the rest were just free throw points. The kid is unreal good. And you're right. That sh- that nerve damage. Like Dallas came up and it was. I think it was 30-11, Matt, to start game three. And I'm sitting there like, oh, it's over. It's done. Kawhi comes back and has been fantastic up until last night. PG had a really good performance in Game 3, but obviously there were some rotational changes that that nerve damage was hurting, but they came back and they've taken the advantage, and now it's really going to be up the Clippers to see if they can fight back in the next game. Dude, it's 100% on the Clippers now. And that thing about Lucas scoring more 40-point games, I mean, he's only been in, what, 13? 11. 11, 11 playoff games? 11 he's been games. in 11 playoff games, and he's got <laughs> four 40-point games. He also has that 39-7-7 seven and seven, uh, Game 2 victory as well on his resume. The guy is just the best basketball player at 22 years old that I have ever seen in my life. This guy is a machine. He doesn't do it kind of the way LeBron did it with that athleticism and imposing body. He just does it with pure skill, which is unbelievable to see. And... Man, Kawhi and PG, I know getting 20 points is good. I know being efficient is nice, but he looked bad at the end of that game, airballing a couple shots, Rondo in his face. I mean, he went one of seven in that game. I like Kawhi, but I think he was overvalued after that Toronto se- that Toronto season, man. That whole, you know, Kawhi carried uh, the Raptors to a championship on his back narrative. It's being disproven. It's been disproven the past two years. Those players, Kyle Lowry, Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, were all up on him, making sure that we did get that championship. And him and Paul George, man, not an accountable body in the room, and it's just showing brutal at this point. It's an interesting you know, thought that you bring up, Matt. Uh, I'm going to counter slightly because Kawhi started 8-8 eight and eight in Game 3, started 5-5 five and five in Game 4, was absolutely a monster in the middle of this series and you know the the joke is or i think that lou said that he was tired last night that they've been asking too much of Kawhi, which they have been and you know i was sad last night watching the end of that game for Kawhi because it was like 103 100 and i saw the play matt it was literally the the toronto shot about to happen again and i forget who it was on dallas i mean i think it was dorian finney smith just like goes with him and instead of jumping past him like Embiid does he stays there and Kawhi is like oh 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 no and then he has to just do a little jab step before putting up an air ball and it's hard for him to see but man I still can't believe that all the road team victories have happened like this is the second time in NHL history that a series has gone to five games and we've had five straight road teams I'm pretty sure it was the the 1995 finals or west finals or something where it happened i had this written down but i can't find it but it's just been insane to watch the adaptations right because obviously luca was killing uh zubox in the pick and roll aggressively like i remember looking at stats at the beginning and so they changed that up and then you know the mavs brought in boban who started last night to completely force the clippers to have to shoot the three ball and I mean, it's crazy that the Mavericks looked at the Clippers team, who are one of the best historical three-point shooting teams of a season, and said, 
you know what? You've been murdering us at the rim the past few games. We're going to change it up and let you go back to shooting. And, I mean, they barely pulled out the win, but... That, the, I mean, honestly, let me take a step back, because Luca came out swinging. He was 5-for-5 five five on threes to start that game, but then he went cold in the fourth. And thankfully, Kristaps and Hardaway were hitting threes and pulled them back. And I, I just love the chess match that I've seen right now between these two organizations. And as much as your earlier comment, Matt, of Kawhi being overvalued, I don't agree or disagree because I think the situation is very different. But right now, with their series on the line, he needs to show up because nobody else on this team is going to do it. That's what we've seen so far. Yeah, man. I don't think anybody else is really going to do it. I mean, Paul George is having you know, a decent, decent series, but Kawhi Leonard's their guy. And I just, I don't know if he can do it all the way. I guess Luca proving that he's the better player right now. I just, I don't have much faith in the Clippers. It kind of makes, brings me a little bit of joy. I agree with you that, you know, the, the series changes have been really nice to see on both ends and they're, they're battling to stay in it. And nobody predicted that, that they were going to tie that series 2-2 after they, they lost the first two games. So credit to them for that. But hey, man, it's an uphill climb here. What'd you say? 80% of the, the people who win game five go on to win the series after it's tied 2-2? So, yeah, 83% or so with like a 300-game sample size. So it's a legitimate stat. Yeah. So good luck, Clippers and Clippers fans. Uh, I hope Luca pulls it out, though. <laughs> yeah, I do, too. I want to I see Luca go on, man. All right. So... Are we surprised, though, that it's the West that the series are still happening and the East have been such stomp downs, Matt? Nah, man. I mean, Utah Grizzlies stomped down the, the – uh, Utah – I mean, Utah Jazz stomped down <laughs> the Grizzlies. But, uh, yeah, no. We knew the East was going to be the, the easier of the, of the series for the, for the top teams. Definitely. For sure. Okay, so let's roll with this Jazz-Grizzlies series. Talk about it real quick before we move to the East because – Obviously, Jaw came out in game one and was stellar, right? But yeah. this Jazz team, like, they're so good. Obviously, Mitchell was missing in game one. So, I mean, it could have been a sweep if not for that. But, man, there was a lot of good things for the Grizzlies. Like, I want to shout out Jaw. Dylan Brooks was fantastic. Anthony Melton, who, Matt, another 2018 draft pick, came out in game four and was great for the Grizzlies. Like, I really enjoyed seeing um, the John Morant and Conley relationship. You know, they were having really fun back and forth moments, you know, the future and the past of Grizzlies basketball. But this Jazz team is scary, dude. Yeah, man. They are scary good with the amount of talent they have. I mean, between Gobert being able to to keep a really good center and, and Jonas Valanciunas pretty quiet all series. Um, you're right. Dylan Brooks had a good series, but it still wasn't enough. Donovan Mitchell, uh, Jordan Clarkson, Conley. I mean, they've just got a deep, deep squad. Bogdanovich, it, it's too much for that that upstart Grizzlies team. They're pretty young, man. They've still got a lot of rope ahead of them. And, you know, it's only Jaws' first playoff series, and he averaged like 28-plus. So can't be too mad about it. Jazz are looking scary, though. I'd be nervous if I'm in a Western Conference team, especially when they get that rest and everyone's still playing. That is for sure. Let's not forget, Matt, that this Grizzlies team is only two years removed from, you know, 
pushing the rebuild button. So, yeah, they've got a great future. And your comment about JV being held down, yeah, they, they had him in foul trouble almost the whole series. So it was big. And the Jazz are going to get some really nice rest while the rest of these series keep going on. But, Matt, shall we roll into the East? Because it was absolutely wild. And we had a little bit of, you know, expectations, you know, you know, we, we had a lot of things that we wanted to happen, and while some things did, I mean, especially when you think about the Hicks, the Hawks and Knicks series, some things just did not for us. Yeah, man. I was happy that the, the Atlanta Hawks eliminated the Knicks. Watched oh, yeah. Stephen A. get all upset about it. I mean, he predicted that they would go back to Atlanta after Game 5. Nah, man. Trey Young coming to the Garden, coming to New York, and saying, I am the king. I am the villain. And took a nice little bow after the after the game five win. Gotta love it. <laughs> that was so funny because like the announcers were like, you know, eventually we're gonna see the Knicks fans get up and give a standing ovation to this Knicks team for the great season they've had. And then you see them just get up and start cheering, and then Trey is like, Oh, let me just drain this absolutely banger three point shot. Oh, you're clapping me. Thank you. Let me let me take a bow. Like I was dying watching that man. I was dying. <laughs> yeah, man. It was awesome to see. I mean, he was fabulous all series long uh the guy didn't score less than 21 points in a game like just fabulous uh, he's him and luca being traded for each other they're the two best players from that draft it's pretty wild um that they went three and five it's it's insane i think that in our off season this year we might have to take a look back at that 2018 draft because man there could be 20 names on that list of relevant players, stars, role players, pieces in the league today. Like it's crazy. The names that, that are showing up, but yeah, Hawks get to move on. And Matt, for me, the best part of the series was D Rose having his moments, that 30 point game that he had, right? Like I was really happy to see him have his moments for New York, you know, and basketball to be back. Right. Like the Mecca, Madison Square Garden, as much as, you know, some of those fans suck and are terrible, it is so loud and it is so fun when basketball is played in that arena. Yeah, man. I mean, it's just like a, a Toronto Maple Leafs game at home at the at the Scotiabank Arena or Montreal Canadiens at the Bell Centre. I mean, oldest franchises, most historic. Um, the fans just love it and go eat that, that up. I do agree that it was nice to see Derek Rose kind of put in the work that he did. But at the end of the day, man, when you're asking Derrick Rose at this point in his career at 32 to be your go-to scorer, you're asking for trouble. Yeah, yeah, definitely was not going to happen. And unfortunately, your boy Julius Randle did not have a good series. You know, he he was not shooting well. And unfortunately, the Hawks had it for them. I want to shout out Coach Nate McMillan, who is an interim coach and who should hopefully not be an interim coach for this Hawks team going on because he has brought this team into some efficiency and while I don't love a lot of the things that the Hawks are doing they're moving on to the next round yeah man and it does go back to to Randall not being efficient in this series he had decent stat lines I mean if you're just looking at box scores but mm -hmm. it's the efficiency it's the way that he was doing it he proved that you know yes he it was a fringe MVP candidate this year but that's not who he is <laughs> he's not an MVP candidate every year yeah, it sucks for him, you know, especially thinking he's going into some contract negotiations in the future. Yeah, you. I'm sure he's still going to get paid for what he did in the regular season, but that's definitely going to take a hit out of some of his uh, his money there, this playoff. It's a, it's a massive change in the conversation. But Matt, let's move on 
to another series. The Nets-Boston series, because it was an absolute banger getting to watch Harden, Kyrie, and Durant come together. I mean, the Celtics have way too many struggles left and right. And, I mean, we were all expecting a Nets sweep. Thankfully, Tatum, you know, dropped that 50 bomb to keep their, them alive in Game 3. But at the end of the day, five-game series. Dude, Tatum, after having, like, pretty poor start to the series, um, just went off in the last three games, man. He was really trying to do everything he could to keep that team in it. I mean, he dropped a 50-point game, a 40-point game, but he just didn't have enough around him. I mean, Kemba was hurt in the last couple games. Smart, if that's going to be your second-best player. I mean, I like the guy. I think he's great energy. But when you're playing a team with, Irving, Harden, and Durant, like hmm. any of those guys can go off for 40 points efficiently. Any of those guys can drop 10 assists. Like it's just brutal to play against. Harden, Durant, and Irving, I mean, they don't have to play together that often, I guess, to win because they just rolled Boston. I thought it was going to be tighter. And I'm sad Brown didn't get to play, you know, and Kemba was obviously hurt because, well, I don't think it would have changed the outcome of the series. I think it would have been the six-game series that I called going into it if Brown had been there because you can see the cracks in Brooklyn and, you know, a, a, a team with enough talent and a good coach behind them could have broken through and stolen more games. And, you know, we, we have to hope that, you know, going into the next round that, that Giannis and co can can make some work, but it was a tough time. Man, I'm in Boston. I'm excited about that series. That's going to be a banger. We got that little preview mid season when they went back to back, and Katie and John and Giannis were going at each other. Um, Giannis in the Heat, though, man, just not letting or yeah, he's not letting the Heat come back into this. Giannis just swept them out of the playoffs after you know what they got swept out or out in five last year. It might have been five. It might have been a sweep. I don't know. Either way, absolute turnaround, Matt. And I told you, man, when we were talking about predictions, I told you that this Heat team was not the same. They weren't ready. That Drew Holiday was going to be an absolute monster. And, I mean, if you look at the shooting woes that the Heat went through throughout this game, like, I don't want to say I'm right, Matt, but I feel like I hit everything right on the button. No, man, you definitely did. Uh, Holiday was able to keep them in check, play that tight defense that he's known for. I mean, Adebayo had a decent series, but nothing close to what he did last year. Tyler Hero didn't look good like he did last year. And Jimmy Butler just, he wasn't Superman. And that's what they needed from him. He was Superman last year in the playoffs in the bubble. And that's what got them to the finals. Uh, didn't come out this year, unfortunately. The biggest thing for me, Matt, was um, was Bam. They really took Bam out of this series because they dared him to shoot his mid-range shot. And while all season long, Bam was pretty, pretty efficient with that shot, like, until you prove it in the playoffs, right? Nothing matters. And I, I, I remember it was like game two. I was reading, I was reading information about Bam's mid range shot, and I was like, oh, okay. So I started paying attention to it in game three and four, and I was like, man, he cannot hit a mid range shot to save his life. And they were just stepping off him and letting him do it. But it, it was a weird series. The, my favorite part, though, Matt, the funniest thing I've ever seen is the crowd in Miami counting down Giannis's free throws, and now. You know, they're not counting properly. They're going a little fast, but he would always shoot when they got to 11 and he would always nail it too. It was almost like their counting down was helping. It was so funny. Yeah, man. Give him that consistency in, in his <laughs> shot because that's what he needs. Oh, 
so nice to see him get through the second round again. It's he's gonna have a heck of a time with that Brooklyn squad, but you know that's a topic for another day. Because man, the 76ers, they uh rolled Washington pretty easily, even with um Embiid being held out of that last final game with some knee soreness. Um that's not great for them, but they've got the players to do it. Seth Curry, I mean, he's one of the most elite shooters in the league. Tobias Harris mm-hmm. is also an all-star player. And Ben Simmons, he might not be, you know, an elite scorer by any means, but he's one of the best defensive players in the NBA, and he could do it all on the floor. I mean, rebound, assist, uh, put the buck, uh, put the uh, ball in the bucket. And not from deep, but, you know, he's pretty good. And then... It was a wild series. Westbrook continues his I've never been swept in the playoffs stories, which is, I mean, I'm not surprised Westbrook's a god. He had that 19-point, 21-rebound, 14-assist game where he went 3 of 19 from shooting. Oh, gosh. I just have to bring it up because it's painful. But, yeah, with Embiid going down, you know, some people thought it might be more of a series, but no Embiid, no problem. And, you know, that knee injury might be an issue, but I think the 76ers will get through the Hawks, no problems. As for the Wizards, I don't know what they do from here. Dude, name me another player who can shoot like three of nineteen, so like under twenty percent, and still be the reason his team won the game. Like, just he's wild. Maybe James Harden, but I don't even know, man. Nothing like Westbrook levels. Man, James Harden's normally efficient at scoring, man. Westbrook couldn't believe it, but hey, man, gotta love it because all-time great player. Sucks that he still can't get out of the first round. Brutal. It is what it is, Matt. You know, maybe he'll figure it out next year. But let's roll into this second round, get a little conversation topping before we do some predictions. 76ers Hawks, we mentioned it really briefly. I think it's going to be interesting, Matt. I don't know if the Hawks have enough to stop the 76ers, whether they have him beat or not. But it's going to come down to how much they can slow down Trey Young. Obviously, I think Ben Simmons could have a lot of fun stopping him. So it's going to be really interesting to see the adjustments that Atlanta can make. Six-game series, Matt, is probably as far as I see it going, though. Yeah, maybe, man. I mean, New York didn't have anybody to slow down Trey Young like the 76ers do. Ben Simmons, again, I mentioned it before, he's an elite, elite defender, and he's quick for a big man, so guy like Trey is going to have a hard time getting the ball to the bucket and trying to shoot over top of him. Um, I don't predict a pretty good series for Trey, but I definitely see the 76ers moving on and could be even five games in my opinion. I hope Trey absolutely has a great time in the series. I don't expect it to happen, but you know, I'm calling six really because of the Embiid injury. Like if Embiid was healthy going into this series, I'd call a sweep. I'm sorry. I don't think um, anyone on Atlanta, what do they have? Hassan Whiteside? I don't think anyone on Atlanta can stop Embiid doing what he wants to do. So Capella, you know, I, I, oh, it's a Capella. Yeah. Is that, I don't even like. That's the thing, right? Like, regardless, you know, the 76ers are going to have fun in this next round. The real question is, will they be prepared enough to face the winners of the next series that we're going to talk about? Because the Nets Bucks match is probably going to be the best matchup we may get to see the playoffs when we consider the craziness that's happening in the West and all of the non matchups we may not get to see. Yeah, man, definitely. I mean, if the Lakers fall out, um, but that Suns team is really good. If the Clippers fall out, um, yeah, some of the key bigger players out in the West are going to be knocked out. And you've got the three-headed monster 
versus the back-to-back MVP Defensive Player of the Year in, in Giannis. And, man, I'm really excited for it after what we saw in, in the series um, finale between the two teams. Durant and Giannis going back and forth. Like, ooh, I'm excited. I'm super excited for the defense map that we're going to get to see in this series because, obviously... You know, we've got a different variance in the teams we have and where their stars are playing. And while Giannis and Durant is the headline between them, I don't see Durant guarding Giannis the entire time. Would Giannis guard Durant the entire time? Probably, because Giannis can guard anyone above six foot six if he wants to. He's that good and that talented defensively, right? And I think about, you know, the Drew Holiday-Kyrie matchup is going to be super fun to watch, especially with the fact that Drew can switch on to Harden. I think Chris Middleton is going to be a serious factor in this series. And if he can find the right switches, if he can find the right ways to play his game around the other stars, I think he might be the most important piece for the Bucks going forward. Yeah, man. I mean, that's why they went out and they got Drew Holiday to add that third piece, right? To play that defense against a guy like Kyrie or Harden because Chris isn't really known for that. So it'll hopefully lighten the load for him to kind of do some more damage offensively. He could be a big X factor if he shows up in this series or if he doesn't, because he has been been known to to kind of fade a little bit in the playoffs sometimes. So hopefully he comes to play. Um, I love I love the fact that you know Giannis has some reinforcements now, um, and we'll see what happens. But I would love to see the Bucks win here. Be would be massive. It would be a massive win, and I'm still gonna take the Bucks. Like I took, I said out at the beginning, because even though, even though Brooklyn looks so scary after that first round, I like the bench pieces on the Bucks. I like the fact that when I look at the teams that have taken Giannis out of the playoffs in the past years, they have been seriously defensive focused. They have been able to stop Giannis and what he does, and so it's gonna come up to Brooklyn outplaying them, outshooting them, which as they've proven they can do, but if Giannis can, without even trying, put up 40 a night with 12 rebounds and 6 assists, and his his supporting cast is better, and, you know, the defense is stronger, I got a lot of faith in the Bucks, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, Blake Griffin and, and DeAndre Jordan aren't known to be necessarily the most uh, prolific defensive stoppers. And as they're big men, they're going to be tasked with uh, Giannis most of the game. Um, I, I agree that Durant's probably going to gonna not guard him for a lot of majority of the series. I mean, they'll be matched up against each other, but mm-hmm. Durant's just a little bit too light compared to Giannis, and you need a bigger body. I, I like the Bucks, man. I just... It's hard to bet against those three players in Kyrie, Harden, and Durant. Yeah. So it, it's a toss-up for me. I would love to see the Bucks go through, and, and my heart is telling me the Bucks. But again, could go any which way. Man, it all depends on if you know guys like Lopez and Portis can knock down threes because we're gonna see that collapse that happens on Giannis, right? And he's gonna have to throw it out. And you know, Jordan, um, Griffin, you know, you made those names. The bigs from Brooklyn, they're gonna have to figure out how often they can leave the bigs from Milwaukee open. And I, I'm just super excited. Obviously, there's the injuries to Dante DiVincenzo for the Bucks and Jeff Green for the Nets. Now, we'll see if Green comes back. But two big role players, defensive role players, really, for their teams that would be that will be sorely missed going forward. And I'm just excited, Matt. It's going to be a super awesome series. And I want Giannis to go through. I'm going to say seven, even though that would mean that 
Um, he's going to be in trouble because he's got to win, you know, in Brooklyn. Okay. But I said he was going to win seven before, so I got to keep believing him all the way, you know? Yeah, man, I agree. I also love the petty comment that he came out with um, at, to start the series. He was like, oh, yeah, you know, they've got some really good players. Kyrie, Durant, Jeff Green. Leaves hard not the list. <laughs> I totally missed that. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, it goes back to when they were battling for that MVP. So funny, man. <laughs> oh, that's good. I can't. I gotta go find that after this. That's hilarious, man. The hatred's still there. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be a banger, man. I can't wait. All right, shall we move into some predictions and wrap it up? Yeah, man, I'm down. Do you want to give us your uh, hockey take? Yeah, well, you know, I got one right last week, and I figured I hadn't thrown anything at hockey yet, and. I've been watching my, my boys with the lightning come out so strong, and I did this before you even showed up today, and I was like, you know what? They went 2-0 right now at Carolina, and they're going back home. Sorry, I think this series is over. Even if it goes to six games, I think they just got enough behind them to do it. See, man, that's really funny that you would say that, because I came in thinking, you know, 2-1 losses, Carolina's got a deep team, um, they kind of been outplaying Tampa a little bit. I think Carolina is going to come back in the series. I I predicted them to come out of this division, and I I'm still going to hold with it, man. I'm going to double down on Carolina. I'm also going to throw in a bonus take because you know I'm LeBron fan. Um, <laughs> he is my goat. He is the best player of all time. But unfortunately, at 36, 18 years in the league. I'm going to do something that Nick Wright warned against, and I'm going to pick against him because I just don't think that team has enough around him for him to win game six, and they get eliminated by Phoenix tonight. Man, wouldn't that be wild, Matt? And another thing, wouldn't it be crazy if the Battle of LA never happens? Because potentially it's looking like it might not, but that's that's a conversation for another time, my dude. Wild stories left and right. I've been loving the basketball. I've been loving the NHL, but I've been getting to watch it as well. So I'm looking forward to another great week. Anything else, my dude? No, man. Just besides, it's the best time of the year. Best time of the year. Ain't that a fact. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Board Sports. Like and subscribe if you're listening from YouTube. And check out TheBoardSports.net for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.